0: Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is very much an experiment in different ways. It's an experiment as a project, as a potential podcast. I also see this as an experiment in ways of thinking and communicating. So this is not a podcast. It's not a podcast in the sense of conforming to the genre of podcast, which often takes the form of an interview or a more sort of journalistic, research-oriented approach. And while I value both of those, what I'm interested in is a sort of intuitive analysis, you could say, in weaving logic and intuition as what I hope offers a unique lens into the times we live in, into culture, into politics even. In the next episode, official episode number one, I'm going to talk about the idea of the age of Aquarius. What does that mean? Is it a real thing? If so, when does it begin and what does it imply? And I'm going to focus in on Pluto in Aquarius, which more or less spans 2024 until the 2040s. And with that as a frame, we're going to talk about science, technology, community, and possibility. I'm very interested in the future But not in a way that takes us out of the present, you know, as the topic of the future sometimes can lead to a disconnect from here and now. And yet here and now encompasses the future as well as the past, right? The ideas we hold about both the future and the past are present here in this moment and shape this moment, and shape our engagement with life and how we need it, and thereby create what will come to be, right? So the way we think of and hold the future, as well as the past, impacts the future, right? I 100% believe that we all have A role to play in shaping the future, in shaping our own futures, as well as our collective futures. Astrology can help us to engage in a more intentional and conscious way. But in a way, what I'm most interested in is energetics. And I see astrology as one way of understanding Energetic dynamics that swirl around us and that we are taking part in. I've been thinking a lot lately about fluid dynamics, <laughs> about the turbulence and the different patterns and flows of fluids moving through different shapes. <laughs> And, you know, there's a whole science around fluid dynamics and understanding the very complex patterns of movements and flows. And this has been coming to mind a lot for me lately. And I connect this with Saturn and Pisces, which, again, I'll probably come back to that idea in a later episode, but... Just to sort of drop that in here for any astrology nerds, I think that considering the energetic dynamics of the times we live in can be really helpful for getting more context and sort of like a bigger picture for a lot of things that are unfolding, especially in the collective and even political spheres. It feels like... More and more, there are these intense flows, (laughs) energetic flows and currents and turbulences and patterns and dynamics that, you know, we all to a greater or lesser extent are caught up in and moved by and impacted by, and these forces are shaping culture, politics, the present, the future. And as more and more of us wake up more and more to energetic realities, right, to the subtle realms, we become more sensitive to these forces and flows. And that gives us more depth of perception, you could say, more clarity on what's going on, (laughs) right? If we can step back and see the dynamics of a situation rather than just you know take ideas and words literally but to see the currents that, that they are a part of I think that just gives us such a a better <laughs> understanding of what we're living in so that's perhaps a little abstract and you know I want to Go into many more specifics in later episodes. But one dynamic that I've been seeing everywhere, and is perhaps worth mentioning here right off the bat as maybe a more specific example of what I'm talking about. And this is certainly not unique to the times we live in, but I think it is just more and more active, which I've been calling throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Of course, that's a very old idea, right? So this is something that humans have done for a very long time. But again, I feel it's a really increasing trend that is having a really big impact on culture and politics. I think this happens a lot in sort of new age areas where... You know, almost no one wants to identify with the new age, right? We can think of so many different reasons and examples and ideas that are usually considered new age that are bypassy or capitalist or individualistic or neoliberal or extreme or flaky or fill in the blank, right? There's so many reasons that so many people want to distance themselves from the new age, right? And good reasons. And I guess I haven't fully decided if I want to kind of redefine and reclaim the new age or if I also want to distance myself from it. Like, I, I feel like both those moves are sort of similar, what we're wanting to do is be critical, right? We're wanting to analyze ideas that are considered new age and see how sometimes they're problematic or illogical, etc. And yet there's so much that could be considered new age or sometimes is that is really rich and I would say important and you know, potentially helpful, even transformative. Maybe astrology is one example. And I think people who take the different tack of distancing themselves altogether from the New Age might argue well, astrology is an ancient tradition and practice, so it's not part of the New Age. And I would say, yes, exactly. So many different traditions and practices that are considered New Age could be seen as the continuation of a long tradition that we could call imperfectly Western esotericism, right? This tradition of usually underground thought and practice that, of course, now is in conversation with many, many, many different cultures and historically wound its way through europe through parts of the middle east through ancient greece to egypt and mesopotamia and includes aspects of philosophy witchcraft herbalism magic gnosticism hermeticism so many different traditions and practices You know, there is this unbroken chain of secret, right, hidden spiritual knowledge and practice and thinking that has ancient roots. And I think there's a lot of gold in embracing this rich tradition, in reconnecting with our roots, you know, for those of us who might see ourselves as, in some way, part of that tradition. Or traditions, right? Really, it's many different interconnected traditions, not just a singular one, right? And so much of, you know, quote, unquote, Western thought is colonized and colonizing, right? It's tied to colonialism. You know, we can't cut ourselves off from our own traditions, our own history, from the foundations of thought that give rise to our current thinking, right? I think the best we can do is be reflexive, be, you know, critical of our own histories and traditions. And of course, learn from other cultures, right? Listen to people who have different ways of thinking and knowing and being. But if we are to avoid simply appropriating other cultures, I think it's important to understand our own, whatever that means, right? Whoever we are, whatever our own is. And just to be clear, I'm not saying that It's never okay to learn, you know, a tradition or a practice from another culture. I think that if that's done in a way that is sincere and respectful, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And if there is a current of Western thought that is spiritual, right, that we could almost see as a historical counter current to the dominant trends and even to the trends of colonization, which is not to say there are no aspects of colonized thinking within the esoteric tradition. Yet, I think at many times we can see this tradition as sort of a counterpoint to empire even, right? That's why this history of thought has been mostly secret or underground, right? Because it's been in contrast to empire, right? To the more dominant modes of Western thought. And so while I understand the move to want to distance oneself from the new age, I think another potential tactic there is to rather be critically minded within the new age, Right? to critique the ideas within the New Age that we see as problematic without, quote-unquote, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, to perhaps see the New Age as a resurgence of interest in esotericism, magic, astrology, spiritual thought, and life. And so there is kind of a kind of mainstream cultural move to throw it all out right to throw out astrology magic psychic thought all of that because of you know perhaps a few bad examples (laughs) but if we see the new age as within an esoteric tradition it shouldn't surprise us that there's no space for it within mainstream thinking because that's the very nature of esotericism, right? It's secret. It's hidden. It's not easily accessible. This day and age, it's easily accessible in the sense of, you know, it's all around, but it's not easily accessible in the sense that it's easy to understand. And perhaps that's for the best. Perhaps it's not For everyone. And not only is it the nature of esoteric thought to remain hidden in some capacity from more mainstream thought, but it's also in the nature of empire to suppress or worse, esoteric thinking and its practitioners right? It is counter to modernity, and it's a threat to modernity and the modern project of furthering colonization, of globalization, of capitalism, of extractive, exploitative culture. (laughs) Again, a big topic I want to come back to. So in this episode, I'm kind of just touching on a few themes that I do want to dive more deeply into later on. And so while, you know, I don't really care if the New Age or esotericism is accepted by the mainstream, and, you know, I I don't know that that would be for the best. Like, if astrology were to really be accepted in a more mainstream way, how would that shape astrology and the way it's practiced and the way it's used? I'm not sure that would be a positive thing. I mean, it would all depend on the current shape of mainstream culture, right? So, you know, I don't really care if <laughs> this stuff isn't like accepted in in a more mainstream way. But I do think there are some people who could potentially really benefit from some of these ideas, but because of this sort of energetic pattern, and maybe it's weird to call it an energetic pattern because it's like maybe just simply a pattern of thinking, but it helps me to understand these things as these sort of swirling movements around us because I think it's not always just a thought process. It's it's like we get swept up in these currents, right? And I think there are a lot of people who could really benefit from and find enrichment in some of these ideas who aren't willing to go there because of this trend of you know, seeing the quote-unquote bad examples and then throwing it all out, right? And I think one of the reasons that this pattern is so prominent right now is because especially with social media, I think that kind of the most simplistic and superficial aspects of culture and thought tend to be those that are favored by algorithms. So I think we're a lot more likely to be presented with almost like the worst examples of any area. And okay, that's not at all true across the board, but I think on average, we're more likely to see the most flaky things. (laughs) So that's one example of throwing the baby out with the bathwater and how that move impacts culture. But I see it happening in many, many different places. So I wanted to introduce it here right off the bat as one type of dynamic that could perhaps help us to better understand our moment in time and how culture is unfolding as part of a larger project I'm interested in in a sort of you could say energetic analysis of culture which is one of the main themes of this podcast so I'm gonna leave it there for today thank you very much everyone for listening until next time goodbye You can support the show by leaving a five-star review and for as little as $4 a month by clicking the link in the description box.